Welcome to Regeneration Studio. I'm Katerina and this is another narrative journey into creative business ideas and how they transform individuals and communities. Have you ever heard of the beauty clinic and spa Evita in Yarm? If you haven't, you are going to find out today how they have been revolutionizing our experience of beauty on the high street. And what better time to talk about beauty as we are coming out of lockdown and suddenly we have increasing access to the hair and beauty treatments that we couldn't get for almost three months or longer. Yet we might at the same time be wondering what is beauty really in the broader scheme of our general health and why do we care so much about both the smaller aspects, the way our nails or hair look and perhaps a few larger ones like the frown lines, the crow eyes, maybe putting on some extra weight and other signs of aging. Now Evita inspires loyalty. As one of their clients for the last four or five years, I've always wondered why that is. Why won't I go anywhere else? Of course, they cater for all our beauty and aesthetic needs under one roof. And the expertise and professionalism of their team make an immediate positive impression. And you'll soon find out why. But before I get into this interview, I would just like to remind my listeners that with each independent business I choose to interview, I know there's a secret something that sets them apart, that makes them extraordinary. That's what I always try and find out. That is what I wanted to find out about Evita. But I'm going to say no more, as I was absolutely delighted when the founder of the beauty clinic and spa, Dr. Paul Bagley, agreed to come onto my show to discuss his original vision for Evita. And believe me, he has a fascinating story to tell. Today, I'm honoured, therefore, to have in studio with me Dr. Bagley, who will shed some light on our pressing questions about beauty and its importance in society. Welcome to the show, Doctor. It's good morning. It's great to talk with you. To give our listeners an idea of who you are, imagine there's a film soon to be released called Evita. Can you introduce yourself in the style of a film trailer? Do you believe in magic? Do you believe in fairy tales? Well, in a busy high street, in a busy town, there's a door. And behind that door, magic happens. And just for a while, you are the focus of attention and your soul can be recharged in a magic place that you didn't think existed. That's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the best ones I've had so far. <laughs> Part one, Skin Talks. Evita is a beauty clinic and spa situated on the magical high street of Yarm. Whenever I visit, I always have the impression that the staff is really friendly, helpful and knowledgeable. It is a gorgeous, tranquil space where you can get ordinary beauty and spa treatments and 
also more specialized treatments like laser hair reduction, uh, CACI, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, Casey. Casey, Casey, yeah. non-surgical yeah. treatments and thread vein removal and a lot more. What was the original vision for Evita? And how have you expanded your range of services and the expertise of your team? Yeah, my, my original view for Avita was, it says it in its name really, Avita, Italian for life. And what I wanted to do, and it was very well done in the first 10 to 15 years of when we set up, was, was provide a place that people could go to that's accessible. It's not a, a high class hotel and they're great. If you're going to go in for a weekend and have treatments and things, they're great to do that, but you have to go and, and stay there. So I wanted a place that was, was accessible for everybody. On the high street, you could just walk in, make an appointment. And like I said in that intro, it's a magical place where you can just forget about the stresses of life for a little while. And you can have anything done from something small, like maybe just, just get your nails done or... Uh, you can come in and have something major done there. So it, it, it spans the whole gamut of, of what is available. Uh, not, not just, and, and we talk about the beauty industry, but for me, it's, it's your soul industry. It's, it's, it's what makes you feel good about yourself. So I wanted, uh, there was no, no specific picture about what services we would provide. We knew that we would grow into it, but just something that was there for people to just go, <sighs> and just relax and come in. Yes, and I've been there and I can say that it does create that kind of bubble outside of normal life. You're a medical doctor and from what I understand, since lockdown, you have shifted to working full-time in this respect. How did you originally get involved in the beauty industry and what is your main role at Avita? Yeah, my main role now is that of, of what we call medical director. So uh, I'm there to ensure that standards are incredibly high. And, and we talk about the standards in healthcare in general, and the beauty industry should be no different to that. So I, I ensure that complete government regulations are monitored and standards are kept there. So that's my role within Avita. I do pop in and do the odd little treatments now, but not as much as I used to do. Uh, so I, mine's more of a governance role within it. How did I get involved in the beauty industry? Uh, it's, it's one of those things that as a plastic surgeon, you are very interested in. My wife uh, it was, is an aesthetic nurse. And so we, we kind of decided together that this would be a really good thing to do. So that's how we got started. All right. If you don't mind, can you give us a little bit of a background of kind of how you got involved in the whole medical uh, field and like in medical, I get involved in it as a doctor. Yes, exactly. Um, okay, so my my mother tells me I wanted to be a doctor since the age of four. I'm not sure whether that's just her imagination, but it's one of those things that I always wanted to do. And, and then I trained, went through medical school, went to Canada and trained in pediatrics in Vancouver, um, moving to Ontario where I trained in plastic surgery. And I rapidly realized that Plastic surgery is, is not just a, a physical entity, it's a psychological entity as well. It's about making people feel good about themselves. So a lot of what we do is, is very general in plastic surgery. And it is geared to that, that, um, that soul building, soul growing, 
making people feel good about themselves. So my, my training was in pediatric cleft lip and palate, which is really important because these children are born with significant facial problems and they go through life with significant scarring. So I saw this, this, this ability of a plastic surgeon to, to change people's lives just purely through the way you look. Yes, we do reconstructive surgery, absolutely, and that's very important. And we do a lot of cancer reconstruction and, and trauma reconstruction. But from the facial point of view, it really fascinated me how I could change people's lives for the better in the way they look. So that's how I got into plastic surgery. And that then followed on, the, the aesthetics kind of followed on from that. I see. That's fascinating. I had no idea that was your background. Mm. Now, you've mentioned the emphasis that we do place on beauty in our society. So there are many beauty salons out there. And unlike most other beauty clinics, and I think you have mentioned this, you offer clients something different. It's not just the vast range of services they need, but it's also just a place where they can really unwind and let go of some of their um, worries. So from your own point of view, what makes your clinic different? If you had to specify three things and how do you, these three things so may help you survive in the beauty industry? Yeah. I think what makes Avita different is number one, the experience we've got there between myself and the nurses and the staff. We have many, many years of experience in what we're doing. And we focus purely on what we do best. We don't try and be something that we're not. So what makes us different is that we all know what we're doing there. We're all very experienced in what we do. Um, we have strict rules about what we do and how we do it. In terms of how do we survive and how can we survive in an area which is massively oversubscribed is that I've always said we, we don't focus on what other people are doing because I think as soon as you focus on what other people are doing, you take your eye off the ball. We, we're purely focused on what we do and we know we do it well. And we're purely focused on you as a client. Um, so we're never, we're never looking around at what other people are doing. Now, I say that as well with a bit of caution because you always have to check in terms of safety what's going on around you. Absolutely. So we're, we're looking at regulations and rules and that. But in terms of if another clinic starts up, we don't immediately think, oh, my goodness me, there's another clinic there. We've got to change to do this. No, we don't. We're happy with what we're doing. We know we do it really, really well. We have doctors and nurses and everybody's qualified and everybody's focused to do what they do. So we just focus on, on us. And that's, I think, why we've been so successful. Yes. So it's having that confidence in what you do. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Part two, a new post-lockdown perception of beauty. As mentioned, beauty plays a significant role in our society. We normally make an effort to look our best, especially in social and professional contexts. Yet the detail of what is beautiful, its actual definition, is constantly shifting and largely dependent on culture and what we are exposed to in the media. Hairstyles, fashion, makeup, skin complexion, and even the ideal weight changes with the times. Today, it's more inclusive than ever before. 
So from your perspective, what is beauty and why is it important to us? That is an extremely good question. And it's particularly good in terms of where we are right now in the world in two things that are happening. One is, of course, the lockdown. And the other one is the appreciation of people and their background and their colour and where they come from. My vision of beauty is not the same as your vision of beauty. And it's not the same as somebody else's vision of beauty. I think, and it, and it might sound a bit trite or a bit, I don't think it sounds superficial, but that, that beauty is skin deep comment. I think that's absolutely true. And when I look at people, and I've always looked at people the same way, I, I don't care where you're from or what color you are or your ethnic origin or what sex you are or gender or none of that. It, to me, it's it's something behind the eyes. It's that that you immediately engage with somebody. It's it's their it's their soul. If you if you want to talk about soul, um, it is it is something quite impalpable sometimes. So beauty is not to me just the way you look. It is something deeper than that. Mm-hmm. Yes, so that that was very true. And thank you for sharing that, your perception of it, because I think it's sometimes hard to to understand that being bombarded kind of like with other people's views of beauty. Absolutely. Before COVID-19 and the lockdown, we were very much aware that we needed to look presentable, especially in professional contexts which included wearing neat clothing or being clean shaven and in some cases having our hairs and nails done and also having a smooth youthful looking skin. During lockdown we could no longer get our usual treatments done and therefore many of us perhaps didn't see the point in looking after our appearances as we would normally do. Coming out of lockdown, do you think our concept of how we need to look will change? For example, are we really going to be worried about putting on that much makeup or going for a wax or uh, being concerned about our skin or having wrinkles and so forth? That's interesting on on two fronts. I think society has, has split itself into two groups, to be honest with you, from what I've seen and heard. I think there is the group that suddenly realizes it's not important to wear a suit or a tie or have a shave necessarily or think because we're working from home. Uh, you see people going to the mailbox in their pajamas and slippers, you know, and, and so that kind of thing is a bit more relaxed. I think there still is going to be people, a group of people who want to look good and feel good for themselves. I think that's really important. But I agree that there is a feeling that there is a bigger picture out there and it is not that important to look a certain way just for society's sake. And I think that group of people will, will do what they do for themselves. However, you only need to look at lockdown and the growth of social media and you and I could have a conversation that would last a week on my opinion on social media. And my worry is that 
the 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 TikTok um, selfie video photograph world that's out there has created a whole monster of again this social media growth of of the if i dare use the 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 sort of the love island mentality of how you are supposed to look and i would like to think that that side of society will gradually fade away and we'll get back to the one that i like which is the more natural way that you look and you're doing it for yourself rather than the ridiculous lips and the frozen face and the body that isn't realistic so I think sadly lockdown has, has split us into two disparate groups is, is my answer to that. Mm-hmm. Yes, like I do not have a que- uh, answer to it. I mean, from my own experience, I'll obviously be going back and looking after my appearance like I did before lockdown. And to be honest, sometimes it, it does help. But it's also that realization that we can perhaps just be ourselves as well and not be too worried about how looking like somebody else for example by the time this episode is released evita will have reopened has the situation with covid-19 changed the way you think about running the clinic and what you offer clients it's changed i think a lot of people's lives it's changed my life massively uh, going forward in terms of what evita offers we have to offer it just differently now. Um, we have to ensure that protection and safety is the most important thing. And right now, we, we have had to completely reschedule and uh, rethink about how we do things. And as you know, uh, at the moment, the beauty industry is not allowed to open. And, and I, of course, support anything and everything that the government recommend. Absolutely. So going forward, we won't be, <coughs> excuse me, we won't be offering anything different. Uh, we'll still have the whole range of what we have offered in the past when we're allowed to open, but we'll just do it a different way. Mm-hmm. I see. Which three services have changed clients' lives at Evita and will continue to do so in the future? I think we would. We don't want to, to change people's lives. We want to enhance people's lives. But I know what you mean when you say that. Um, what we try and do in Avita is help people appreciate that they are great just the way they are with maybe a little bit of enhancement or help. So the, the three treatments that I think really help people are quite often the little treatments. So the little nail job that you need to have because it just makes your hands look good. And and these are things that you look at all the time. You may be at a keyboard and that makes you feel good. A little bit of wrinkle relaxing treatment for your frown lines. And for me, it's it's in Avita. It is all those medical treatments that we do, absolutely. But the beauty side, I think is, is what people might think of as the small side, but I think that's the big side in terms of how it makes you feel. So the massages, the neck rubs, the, the de-stress things, I think those are important. Going forward, we've got some new treatments. We've got some weight reduction treatments and weight reduction injections, uh, as well as the big thing for me is going to be the growth of uh, managing hormones. 
and I've set up a hormone replacement clinic for men and women. And this is massively important as we look at general health and the idea that as you get older, your hormones change, but it affects your life. And so for men and women, uh, it is really important to look at that. So going forward, the, I guess the big three are hormones. We're going to do that. The beauty side of things are massages uh, and just our general care of people's souls. Those are the three things that we're going to grow on. That sounds great. And just to know, because obviously I do not have the expertise, can you perhaps elaborate maybe on a couple of the more intensive treatments that you do, so not the, the beauty treatments? Okay. One of the treatments that we do is an injection that is very good for melting away fat. Uh, it is an injection for areas that you, if you're just generally overweight, we can manage that, but it's a different system. We have to do a medical assessment of you and there is a, a, a medical injection <coughs> that you can give yourself every day that affects your appetite and you can lose weight on that. So that's a different side of what we do. But there's also a, a focused treatment on fat locations, maybe on the outer thighs, a little bit of the tummy, um, what ladies call back fat, that, that area just at the top where your bra strap sits. Um, so there's an injection that can melt away that fat there. So that's one of our more intensive treatments that we've started doing. The hormone replacement therapy treatments are a medical management with blood tests that are done. Uh, so we do that as well. And we're still going to be doing some local anesthetic, uh, minor uh, aesthetic procedures. So uh, eyelid reduction uh, and our little mini facelift uh, is what we're going to be focusing on in Avita. All right, great. And I do recommend to listeners to have a look at their website because they do offer a range of services, as mentioned, and these are some of them are really, really interesting and worth looking at. Part three. Outer appearances and inner realities. Working in beauty must have multiple challenges including managing the expectations of clients as we are normally very sensitive about how we look. Can you give us an example of some of these challenges and how you and the staff at Avita deal with it? The three words that I use in terms of answering the question that you just asked are expectation, perception and reality. And people come in with an expectation. The expectation is that they're going to be treated appropriately and professionally and nice and made to feel good and that's good. And also the expectation comes in that they are going to, to want a certain look or treatment because they've gone on the internet or they've got who I call my friend Julie. And my friend Julie has had this done and I want to look exactly like my friend Julie. So the expectation is that, that that can be done. Then there's perception. And the perception is that anything is possible because you see it on television or you see it on a, on a, a, on a, a reality show. And the perception sometimes is that, that they don't look at themselves and see what they look like and what the possibilities are. So the perception is that that can happen to them. So then we need to deal with reality. And it's, it's, not, um, it's not right to say to somebody, 
look, you're being completely unrealistic here and it isn't going to happen because that person comes in with maybe a, a bit of a psychological uh, weakness about how they look or how they feel. So we try and build people up. It's not our job to knock them down and say, this is unrealistic. What we, myself and the staff, do, I think, really, really well is say to people, okay, I hear what you're saying, and this is what we can do. This is what's possible to do. How do you feel about that? It might not be what you originally wanted, and you have to be realistic in terms of what we can offer, but in terms of what we can offer, here's what we can do. So, and, and I always stress, and I always have stressed to people, that when somebody comes in with an issue, I say, do you know what? I think you look great. Or I, I, I point out something that's, that's positive. So if they come and they say, I don't like my eyelids or my ears or my face, I say, do you know what? You've got a great face. You've got great bone structure. Your lips are great. That nose is a nice, strong nose. Your eyelid, you know, your shape of face is lovely. And yes, I can see how you focus on that. So build them up, go back to what they wanted uh, and what they talked about. So, so that's, I think, is, is how we focus on exactly what you're talking about. It's, it's about not rushing into it. The other big thing as well is that we turn people down. You know, we're, we're not there just to make money. That is not what it's about. And if somebody comes in and we can't offer them a service, I'll say, look, you don't need it or that's not going to be right. So we're not going to do it. And, and sometimes people, people are amazed and they say, what do you mean you're not going to do it? I say, I'm not going to do it because it's not the right thing to do. So I will never do something just because somebody asks me to do it. I will not do it just because they ask. Oh, that's really interesting. I was not aware of that. So regardless of whether it is medically necessary or not, some beauty treatments can change the way we feel about ourselves. For example, it can boost our confidence levels and just generally make life easier. For example, in my case, I've gotten some laser hair reduction treatments and this has been immensely useful. I do not regret making this investment. Many people have actually asked me about it. And I always explain that in the long run, it has saved me time, hassle and money, as I no longer need to worry about shaving or waxing, which is not particularly enjoyable things for many people. <laughs> yes. so, Some people might think that these treatments, however, are not essential and opinions, especially when it comes to the more invasive cosmetic treatments are mixed. So what is your opinion about this? I think everybody's entitled to their opinion. And again, as I said earlier, I think the, the idea that you have uh, intrusions in your life from social media, TV, friends, family, workmates, society in general. I think these are things that you as a person have to deal with and try and understand whether it's important for you. I can see that some people will think that the beauty industry is non-essential. And it's not cancer treatment, no. It is not trauma treatment, no. It is not medically necessary to save your life 
But I think that the things that the, the industry offers are or is the ability for you to just focus on yourself for a while. And in a world that's busy, but in lockdown, and, and I would like to think that the world is going to be a nicer, more gentler place going out of this. That would be really nice if that happened. But maybe just taking time for yourself is something that's really important. And, and if it's something that makes you feel better, do it. There's no reason why you shouldn't. Yeah. As long as it's done reasonably. You know, that's, that's the thing. And as long as you go to a, a proper practitioner and that, that you're looked after properly. So, yeah. All right. That's great. And then say, okay, someone is thinking about getting a treatment done. What are the main factors that they should perhaps ask themselves before they, they go walk into Evita and talk to you? I think one of the first things that anybody should look at before they go and see anybody is obviously this has become an issue. So therefore talking to somebody is good. So I'm not going to say really think before you come in because you've clearly thought before you come in. It's not something you just do on the spur of the moment. I think it's really important to go to a well-established, properly managed facility that is safe. And by safe, I mean regulated and legislated and has people within it that are properly trained. And unfortunately, for some reason in this industry there are people out there that aren't trained to do it or they do it on the side or they do it on a weekend where they're not on shift and i always it frustrates me because i'm not a cardiac surgeon so i don't i'm not going to do cardiac surgery on weekends or nights just because i can because it pays so that is a frustrating part of the industry in that anybody thinks they can do it. It is really complex. The patients are really complex. They have major issues, either physical or psychological. It's not an easy group of people to deal with. So we've learned, I've learned over 42 years it's taken me to get this far. And our nurses have trained for many years to do it. That, that complexity can lead to problems and i think that's where the the beauty industry if you like gets a, a black mark against it in that because so many people feel they can offer that service i think in some centers or in some areas it's not provided as well as it could be and there's not enough research done by the client before they go to a center to say right is this person properly qualified to do what they are advertising they can do that's what I would advise people to do is just check before you go that the facility you're going to is properly managed by a properly qualified person. All right. Yes, that's very true. And I did not realize that there are actually people out there who would go ahead and do it without having the proper regulations and uh, procedures in place and qualifications. So thank you for that advice. If we take care of our bodies, we can nurture a more positive outlook on life. Do you agree? And where is the balance between being too obsessed with how we look and striving to live healthily? Yeah. Um, in terms of living healthy, I think that's absolutely vital. And when you live healthy, I think you look healthy. If you eat well, if you exercise, 
if you stay out of the sunshine and don't bake your skin, uh, if you don't smoke, if you drink moderately, all these things will show in the way you look. In terms of obsession, I think we're all a little bit obsessed in lots of things, aren't we, really? You know, we can all look at ourselves and go, ooh, I think I'm a bit OCD that way. Um, like my obsession is cycling and running. And, and I think that my health is good because I do those things. Somebody else might think it's because of their, the, the way they eat. They might be vegan or vegetarian or they have certain diets. Um, other people uh, meditate or do yoga. There's lots of things in life that we can do to make our life better and healthier. So as long as you focus on that kind of, and, it, and it also thinking of it from my industry, if you come in and you are a heavy smoker, drinker, eat wrong, overweight, and don't exercise, that is a, a harder foundation for me to do something than somebody that is uh, healthy, exercises, eats well, doesn't smoke, and drinks moderately. So I've got the better building blocks to, to work with that way. So I always suggest to people, look, let's work on your health. And, and sometimes I get people coming in, let's say, for example, they want liposuction or, or a tummy tuck. And they are clearly in a phase of their life where they're not looking after themselves, they're overweight, they're not exercising. And I say, look, I'm not going to operate on you because it's not going to work. So let's talk about your lifestyle. And I'll spend half an hour, 45 minutes with them. And maybe some of your listeners will, will equate with this because they've talked to me. And, and I think one of the things I do really well is, like I said earlier, I will not do things if I don't think it's necessary, but I will help you. So I will turn around and say, right, we're not doing surgery, but here's what we can do. However, it's going to take some effort on your part because surgery is easy, isn't it? You just go to sleep. I cut off the skin and the fat and you're better, aren't you? No, that's, that's not the way it works. I'm all for a healthy life. That is absolutely essential. Yes, this is absolutely great. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. And I've learned so much. Now I know why I actually, I've always enjoyed going to Evita and it's just, you feel all of the care that you have just explained at the clinic. And I've That's just lovely. got Thank you. one more question before we round up the show. So lastly, age and skin complexion also play an important role in our peace of mind. Now, just lastly, can you please tell us what should age represent to us? Oh, do you know, I was, I was talking, I was on shift last night in the A&E in Darlington and there was a lady came in. I, I, I made my joke that um, I said uh, that you know, she only looks 22. I think she was in her 80s. And she said, I wouldn't want to be 22 again. And we had, a, as we were going down the corridor, uh, she was on the trolley and the porter was pushing her and I was taking her to a room. And, and I said, do you know what? I know what you mean about not being 22 again. I wouldn't want to be 22 again in my head. I would like to be 22 again in my body, but in my head, I'm really happy with who I am because I've got that experience of being 60. So I've got 60 years of experience behind me. So what age represents, I think, is, is you suddenly get to a point where you accept things a little better, where, yeah, you might not look as you did when you're 22, but it's about wanting to look good for your age. And nice things now is that, that people of a certain age come and see me and they say, Paul, I don't want to look 19, but I want to look good. I want to look refreshed. So age is a state of mind, I think. Yes. Thank you. Yes. So before we go, I always have a few quick 
round up questions just so that listeners can get to know you a little bit better. Yeah. What is the f- most recent film or series you watched, podcast you listened to, or book you read? Uh, I'm actually reading a book by the Dalai Lama on happiness right now. He's an incredible guy, the Dalai Lama. And in terms of the series, I've, I've kind of got into Line of Duty. Um, I, I, I binge watch it. So, I'm, I'm on, so nobody tell me what happened at the end. So I'm on the last series of Line of Duty. So that's what I've been watching. All right. I've heard that uh, recommended by someone else as well. It's great. Yeah. What important truth do very few people agree with you on? Oh, a truth. What is a truth? A truth is often just an opinion, isn't it? Um, And so I think that the truth that very few people agree with me on is that um, I have a face that is round and fat like Paddy from Emmerdale. Um, And people say, Paul, you don't. You have a slim face. So uh, I just I just look at myself and I go, Bagley, you know, you're okay from the neck down. Just your face is so round. Just just stop it. <laughs> <laughs> and tell us about the biggest challenge you have overcome in your life. The biggest challenge, and I think a lot of people will uh, agree with me on this one, is is changing your life around COVID nineteen. My life has completely changed, and mm-hmm. I've always been just a doctor. And at the end of the day, and I've gone back to being just a doctor and I am absolutely enjoying it unbelievably. I'm back yeah. just being a regular doctor, doing regular shifts in the regular A&E. Um, and it's brilliant. Love it. Great. And then what is, before I ask this question, I would like to ask you, where did you grow up? What's your hometown? Uh, my hometown is Manchester. Um, right. So I grew up there. Okay, so what is the first place or country that you will visit when all restrictions have been lifted? France. I have a house in the south of France and I haven't been there since last year um, because of lockdown and it's a lovely place in the south of France where we go to and I can just be me and it's a great little village. Nobody speaks English there so I've got to speak French and I love it there. So as soon as lockdown is lifted, I'm out of here, straight to France. Interesting enough, around about this time, I always go to the south of France as well. So that's also (laughs) one of my first places I'll be going to. What advice would you give to someone wishing to enter a career in either the beauty industry, whether this is as a beautician or a nurse or even the medical, like as a doctor in the medical field? If if you want to go into beauty, embrace it for what it is. And train hard, train well, and get experience. It is a complex industry uh, and it deserves respect and the clients deserve respect. And by that, I mean, if you don't train in something, you are disrespecting not only yourself, but you're disrespecting your clients. It is not an easy industry. It is really, really, really hard. And I think people, when they go into it, think it's easy and then they realize that it's very hard. So my advice to people is train well, offer a service that you know you can do. And the big advice is don't be afraid to turn people down. If you think it's not going to work, don't do it. If you think that they're being unrealistic, don't do it. So that's my big advice for anybody going into the industry. Great. Thank you so much for your insights. It has been fascinating. No, thank you. 
For listeners, if you would like to see all the services Avita offers, visit their website at avita.co.uk or find them on Instagram or Facebook at avitayarm. Okay, so before I go, I would just like to remind listeners that I've recently launched a monthly £20 gift voucher draw and this is for newsletter subscribers. So all you have to do is go to my website regenerationstudio.co.uk and subscribe to my newsletter. This is to be used with one of the local businesses I have interviewed. This is simply to encourage people to try new places and who knows, they might discover a place they really, really love What's more, and this is the part I'm so, so excited about, is the winner will be announced in a YouTube video on my YouTube channel. So have a look at that. All links will be included in the show notes. And these videos will be taking place in secret locations across the North and Yorkshire area. And if you are the first person to comment the location correctly on the YouTube channel, you will stand a chance to win an additional voucher. And don't forget, if you enjoyed this narrative journey, please subscribe and kindly spread the word by leaving me a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. By sharing the podcast episode and giving me a thumbs up on social media, these stories about entrepreneurs transforming their communities can reach as many people as possible. Join me next time for more narrative journeys into creative business ideas.